This is Chris Barnes with Columbia 300, and you're listening to Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg and Joe Serrar. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Jim Sturm. Jim is the Executive Director of Bowling Operations for the El Dorado Circus Circus Silver Legacy Hotel Resort and Casino uh, out in Reno. So, Jim, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. Looking forward to uh, the bowlers coming into Reno. And, you know, we're about a week away now from all of them being here. So uh, uh, it's going to be an exciting four and a half, five months here in Reno. Well, Jim, I thought we'd begin with your association that you guys are having with the Bowler's Journal. Now, there's been some changes with the Bowler's Journal, so we're not going to quite get into those quite yet. But just talk about what the El Dorado and what your properties are doing with, in conjunction with, the Bowler's Journal tournament. Well, uh, what the El Dorado exclusively is doing is, uh, of course, uh, Bowler's Journal magazine has a, and always has had a pretty long-lasting relationship uh, with the Eldorado over the years. So, uh, you know, Keith and, and his relationship with Rick Murdoch and the Carano family, uh, you know, were the ones that really were instrumental in setting up that program. I, I really uh, just gave some tidbits after really the deal was done and how we orchestrated it. Uh, but the beauty about that is that it's going to give all the bowlers in, in, uh, with USBC coming to town an opportunity stay right there at the stadium, uh, bowl their USBC Nationals, and then at the same time, afterwards, beforehand, the following day, they can take advantage of the showcase lanes downstairs, but more importantly, they'll be able to bowl upstairs in a separated area that will be exclusively for the Bowler's Journal Tournament on the uh, same lanes uh, that we've always bowled our Nationals. Uh, Jim, Joe Serrar here. I, I have a question for you regarding the relationship with the National Bowling Stadium itself. Uh, I mean, it's been a relationship that's gone on for a number of years now. Has it ever been strained? As a relationship with the stadium and the USBC? No, I, I would say the, the stadium and the El Dorado properties, tri-properties. Oh, absolutely not. No, that's that's been a, a wonderful relationship for many, many years and will continue to be. Uh, you know, uh, on the contrary, the El Dorado, you know, we do a tremendous amount of bowling events. Uh, we're all three properties, Circus Circus and Silver Legacy. We do a tremendous amount of bowling events that's just really added to the bottom line for the stadium. So, uh you know, they, they uh, the stadium themselves work extremely close and have, 
you know, for 18 years with uh, ever since it's been there with the uh, trial property. Yeah, and, and that's good to hear. And, and I've heard nothing but positive things either. Uh, what about with USBC? I mean, you you've been involved with USBC as as past president. Uh, and there's always challenges that come about. Uh, have there been any, say, major obstacles or challenges with the National Bowling Stadium, or has it always been kind of an, an easy situation? You know what? It's It's been as smooth sailing as you could ever imagine. Now, obviously, with anything, you know, I've owned bowling centers all my life, and, and you know, there, there's always an obstacle or a hurdle. Uh, but you know what? It's, it's your just typical day-to-day uh, things that happen in a typical bowling center. It just so happens that Bowling Stadium is 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 a, a very exclusive property, and you know you, you know the scoring system is a little bit more elaborate than what we would have at a regular bowling center, and you know the the screens are gigantic, and uh, you know we're putting in jumbotrons now, and so it it does. Uh, create some challenges, but those are just operational challenges, not any challenges with uh, USBC or, or the stadium or the city arena. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good relationship. Well, Jim, I have a question that I want to ask because I think there are a lot of bowlers when they, they say they've been to Reno now, you know, they've been there for so many years, and they say, what is new about Reno? What can I do in Reno that is different? Either I'm not a big gambler or, or I, I can gamble, but I want to do something different. What, what is something maybe as someone who, who's there all the time and someone who is really on the ground, what is something that maybe is a little nugget or gem that maybe that person would like to do as a, a little side trip to get away or something that maybe is a little bit more off the beaten path that would be something fun for a bowler to do? Well, you, you know what? Um, here's the thing. I've, I've been to Reno ever since the, the, before the stadium was even built and bowled. Uh, at the what was the ABC National Tournaments at the time. And, you know, I think a lot of bowlers, you know, go in the day before and then they leave the following day when they get done. And, you know, it's there's a lot going on just with the bowling alone. Um, you know, so you take that aside and all the side tournaments that go along with it, whether it be the 40-frame game, the Bowler's Journal, there's other centers in town that are doing side tournaments, and when bowlers come to town, uh, they focus on bowling those tournaments. And when they're done bowling, you know they're they're really not apt to go rent a car and go travel out about the city. They usually stay right in place. With that said, there is a tremendous amount of things that people can do if they stayed an extra day, whether it would be a uh, you know a, a trip to. Sacramento, or or staying around and playing golf. I mean, it's one of the hidden gems in the country to play golf uh, in Reno. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of shopping and, and malls that that are around the area, but it does you know beg the question: Do you do you want to rent a car? So there is tremendous amounts of things to do. There's there's wonderful little quaint shops that's literally a block away, and and restaurants and uh, that are a block away that are really, really worth the while to, to take a stroll, you know, down the Truckee River around these restaurants, and they're just, they're fabulous. But, you know, it's kind of a hidden gem. It's a hidden secret. And uh, I know the trial properties have done a great job, along with the city, uh, to really expose that even more this year with both men and women here. Well, you know, Jim, if I speak through my personal experience uh, going to Reno, and, and I've been there, I think, a half a dozen times, 
Uh, we've always stayed at the tribe properties, and they've treated us like kings when we're there. I mean, it's it's one of the more enjoyable places to be. Uh, but being a working man and, and going with other bowlers who also have full-time jobs, when we go out there, it's not always easy to coordinate things where four or five different people can, you know, extend their stay an extra day or, or you know, get their extra day early. Uh, what can be done to kind of encourage you know, individuals, say, like me, to go out there and want to spend that extra day or two and really get to know Reno and enjoy Reno? Well, it, it probably um, begs the question saying, okay, what, what is it that I'm truly looking for? Uh, because I will tell you, there's, there's everything in the world to do here. Now, it, it's a matter of saying, okay, is, is this a bowling trip? Or is this going to be a little bit of a bowling trip and a little bit of R&R? And, and, you know, I've been coming to these tournaments now. This is my, would be my 32nd year. And, you know, and I've been that typical bowler that comes in the day before and leaves the following day when I'm finished. So that doesn't leave a lot of time uh, to go and explore and do. But it's just about, you know, budgeting your time, maybe getting online and checking. And, of course, obviously it's much easier now to get online and check things. But all three companies... Uh, casinos have wonderful websites that can direct people to outside activities uh, around the town that may interest them. I know the golf courses in town are providing free club rentals and and doing things like that for bowlers, and they get a tremendous amount of bowlers do that, men and women. In fact, um, I, I can't give you the exact total, but I know they were covered up last year when the women were here, several golf courses in town, just did a great job with it. We we uh, we have a lot of these these gals when they call in, you know, they'll get their room reservation and also they'll they'll want us to schedule their tea times for them. So so I think it just boils down to, you know, what you want to do. What are you looking, you know, out of, out of the experience and the trip? And it's just, you know, whether it's Reno or or you know Syracuse or Charlotte uh, or Las Vegas. You know, it's it's about saying, okay, do I am I going to take the extra time, the extra day, uh, and how do I plan it? And you know what? Surprisingly enough, there's a lot of uh, casinos that will work deals with you by staying the the fourth day or the fifth day uh, because they you know they want your roommates. We we want we want people to enjoy themselves. Well, Jim, I want to in a, in a little bit of time we have left with you. I want to hit a couple things. Uh, number one, like I said, uh, you were the uh, former president of the USBC, so I, I'd like to have you uh, just talk because one of the things that were um, the USBC and, and us as bowlers, uh, myself and Joe included, and everyone included, really, is we're seeing a decline in leagues. It seems like you know the the sport itself is doing okay. You get tons of people in the bowling alley to bowl and, and open play and do the moon bowling and do this, that, and the other. But signing them up for a league is, is, is that ongoing challenge that it seems like uh, proprietors face and ultimately then ultimately the USBC faces and, and getting the membership numbers where they would like them to be. So if, if you were back in charge, or I'm sure this is something that you, you dealt with back when you were in charge, uh, what do you think can be done or what needs to be done to, to reach that, that person who comes in and likes to open play but is a little apprehensive to join a league? Well, here's here's here is the, what is going on. We we have a generation several years ago that left, and now we're in a whole new generation of consumers. And the, the, the problem is, it's not that 
it's any one person's fault. It's not the blind proprietors. It's not the USBC. It's not the local associations. It's the fact that we're in the, in the midst of an evolution change. And you've got a di- different consumer out there now that, you know, does not want to bowl 36 or 32 weeks. Um, so they're looking for a different uh, product. Yeah, there's more people bowling today than there ever has been, but there's less lick bowlers. And when you look at, at the USBC uh, membership, then it's it's dropped roughly nine and a half, ten million bowlers since 1980. And and the reason is is because we as proprietors, we as USBC, are basically still selling the same product we did in 1980. I, I pose the question to you. Do you go to the same place every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock and have dinner? Well, no, without a doubt, we don't. No, and it changes as, as we get older, okay. too, and, as you go to somewhere different when you're older, is, too. And the point is, you know, today's consumer, which, which is the, when you look at today's consumer, which is really the 30 and under, um, you know, they're, that's just not what they do. They like a lot of short season stuff. Uh, they like a lot of things that they have control over and, and they're not, you know, interested in, in awards. Uh, it's just not, it's not part of their makeup. And, and so, so we have to take a good long look at the entire bowling industry and how we service, um, today's consumer and and i think you know usbc is has got a task force searching that right now i know bpaa that i was a past president of uh is really into looking at the the whole new makeup of the new consumer and uh, kathy DeSocia, the new president has really uh taken the bull by the tail if you will and is really driving that uh that new image to bowling centers and it seems to be working um but that's but and that's and that's kind of dwindled into the USBC national tournament. Uh, when you when you look at the tournament structure itself, you know we're still a five-person team. You know there's there's probably less than four or five percent of the leagues in the country that are five-person teams now. Uh, they're all three and four. So I mean the, the the makeup of everything we do is just a little different now. So and but again. We're in an evolution change. It will work itself out as it always does, but there, we, we need to look at developing brand-new products, not only for our lake bowlers and today's new consumer, but, but even our own national tournament structures because even those bowlers that have been around for so many years are looking for something a little different. You know, Jim, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in that this is not our father's game. Uh, you know, bowling has changed 180 degrees, and I've been involved in, in my pro shop for 40 years, and I've seen it go through all different cycles and changes, and yet it still survives. And I think that's a, a testament to a lot of the proprietors and, and bowlers that are in the sport to basically love the sport. They have a passion. So... Knowing these challenges that face us, and, and by us I mean anyone involved in, in bowling directly, especially in the industry, uh, we have distinct segments of bowling, such as recreational bowlers and 
competitive bowlers, those who like to bowl recreationally, but in tournament play, and then obviously your PBA player, regional player. Whose responsibility, or is it all of ours, to target these different integers of our sport to promote the sport? I mean, is it the proprietors of bowling centers? Is it pro shops? Is it, is it both? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it should be put solely on USBC's shoulders because uh, that's a daunting task. Well, it, you know what, and, and we have a, a great company that sits inside of, of Boeing headquarters, and it's called Strike 10 Entertainment. And it, it truly is our marketing arm, and we focus on corporate America, and, and, and Frank DeSocia and his team there have done a fabulous job at, at, at moving the needle. I mean, there's a reason, you know, we went from, uh, you know, 50, 52, 54 million people to, to 70 million people bowling. And those, and those spikes uh, came because, again, Frank and Strike 10 focused on driving corporate America uh, and, and exposed that. Again, the problem lies in the fact that it is a daunting task. It is an industry um, solution, if you will, not a problem, but a solution to say, okay, We've got to tackle this together as a team. Um, I don't see it being USBC's responsibility uh, because they're the governing body. You know, they focus on rules. They focus on legislation. They focus on providing products for the proprietor to go out and promote leagues. Um, so, you know, if you were going to put the onus on any one person or any one en- entity, it would definitely be probably the bowling proprietors, along with Strike 10, along with support, you know, uh, to the bowlers from USBC, and as well as the PBA, and probably as much the PBA as anything, because truly, if we said, okay, what's the best thing we have out there that markets our sport? Well, obviously, it's the PBA, Um, and they do a great job with it, exposing it on TV as best they can, and... um, and that that truly, if you said, well, what's, is that truly the marketing arm? Well, in a sense it is, but uh, we have to get corporate America behind us. And, it, and, and that's kind of a long-winded answer you know, to your question, but it, it's, an industry, it's an industry solution that we have to get together and drive this as, as a team, not as any one entity, because it's too big for one, any one entity to handle. Well, Jim, and on that note, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to uh, save the rest of the, this conversation because we could we could all go on and banner ideas and and uh, and and ideas and such and, and throw out different solutions. But one thing I will say is I definitely agree with you. Whether it's you know the folks like us who do a you know do a podcast now going on two and a half years to Lenny's podcast, Phantom Radio, uh, Phantom Podcast is a great show. You know, to Storm, to the USBC, to the BPAA. You know, we're all in this together, and and I think. Um, you know, the sooner that everyone recognizes that we're all trying to promote the sport, you know, the better off things will be because the more people that listen to shows like this and Lenny's and, and are watching the PBA and, and following everyone on Facebook and Twitter and this, that, you know, the more bowlers we all have. So, uh, and ultimately everyone wins. So, um, do just want to say, uh, thank you, Jim, for joining us and make sure, uh, you, you, you know, check out the tri properties. You got a lot of places to stay out in Reno. You know, uh, these guys are, are really close and they, like Jim was saying, they offer uh, great service. Uh, Joe, I've had nothing but great experiences as well when I've been out in Reno saying at, uh, you know, hanging out at the, the tri properties and some great food and, and, uh, some great beer at the brew brothers. So, um, 
with go. with that, uh, Jim, we're gonna let you go, and, and by all means, now I'm a. Uh, I just relocated here, so I'm out in Medford, so I'm uh, Medford, Oregon, so I'm only about four and a half, five hours from you, so I might be making a few more trips to Reno than what uh, what the guy who listens to this does, but I'm definitely going to stop in and say hello and and uh, and you know introduce myself and, and by all means uh, support Reno as best I can. We uh, we sure would love to have you come down, and, and we have a lot of, of uh, my friends who are proprietors in Oregon and Washington and, and Idaho and, of course, California, Nevada, and they all come in to see me and uh, it should be great to have you guys come down. Yeah, and I was just going to mention, Jim, that you know Tim has to take advantage, and I as as well, will of the loose slots that are at the tri properties. You know, I, we always hear and see all these big payouts, and uh, I've had some hits out there, but but nothing over a thousand. Well, I tell you what, they, uh, it it is it is a fun place to to play. You can walk in there, any one of the three properties, you know, seven days a week, and. It's it's just where the locals hang out and they like it there and they really enjoy it and uh, it's it's a great great place to to bring your families as well so great restaurants and and just great people to work for and, and people that just really love bowling and that's what makes it really fun. For Tim Burke, Joe Serrar, Jim Sturm, good luck and good bowling.